This is Yanshikwaya Radio, amplifying the voices of connected government and public innovation. Hello and welcome. I'm John Wells and thanks for tuning in. Now, the Knight Foundation's news challenge for open government is in the last week of the submission stage as we talk today to John Bracken, the Director of Media Innovation for the Foundation, to have a conversation with John about how the challenge is progressing and with the deadline of March 18 coming very fast around the corner in a few days, how can people still participate in the program? Hi, John. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon or morning or evening. Let's talk about the uh, the news challenge so far with this theme of open government this year. You've kicked it off uh, uh, around a month ago with an inspiration phase. Tell us why this was important to the foundation. What What's emerged from it so far? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think as part a point of context, I think over the last few years of uh, emphasizing media innovation through things like the Night News Challenge, we've seen a lot of momentum and energy and strong networks emerging out of the field that that we're now calling open government. Um, And so over the month or so that we've been running this contest so far this year, um, we've been able to tap into that even more so through things like the inspiration phase, through things like the national road tour that my colleagues and I have done in over 15 cities in the U.S., we've been able to tap into a wider cross-section of people working within government, working outside of government, working in civic institutions, working within startups, and just, you know, people concerned about what's happening in and around their communities and their neighborhoods, And, and, and feel that through the platform we have at newschallenge.org, we've begun to attract a robust set of conversations around mm-hmm. the ways we can use new digital approaches and tools to improve the way we engage with government or, or find ways we can do things together as citizens that don't involve government. And, and you know, longer term, even after the news challenge is over, we're, we're hoping to continue to leverage those, those con- connections and conversations that we've helped spark. Mm. And, and I understand you've had around 190 proposals submitted so far uh, as we're talking. What are, what are some of the themes you're, you're starting to see emerge? Yeah, it's still early to see real themes. I mean, one theme that I've heard a, a little bit in the applications and more so in one-on-one conversations with people is, you know, how can I, varying ideas of ways citizens can come together with one another to do functions that mm-hmm. perhaps are more efficient or more effective than than leaving it to government, that some of these digital tools give us, you know, uh, give us capabilities to engage with one another in new ways that maybe we don't require other institutions. So, for instance, I just met with a team um, who are looking, thinking about the 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 field of social services, so mm-hmm. providing you know, childcare or, or food to the hungry and thinking about ways that a digital, digital engagement could, could improve the, the provision of those types of services. Um, similarly, I've heard a lot of, I've heard a couple threads around what tools or approaches could be adopted to improve and make it easier for people to start businesses. In other words, you know, the, 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 the heavy lift of, of creating a company or getting government contracts can involve a lot of paperwork and a lot of confusing processes. Are there ways 
using new approaches to to cut some of that short. You know, in some cities, I've heard a message along the lines of, we want a better platform so we can uh, complain to our government officials. Mm-hmm. In other cities, I've heard people say, we need a better, we need a new platform so we can uh, commiserate more with our government officials. I want to have a, be- I want to figure out ways I can have a beer with my city councilman, for instance, <laughs> somebody said. So, there, you know, there, there are a range of activities, but they're all around the theme of how can these new digital tools and approaches that have become impo- so important to our lives, how can they make us stronger communities and, and um, you know, better connected neighbors and citizens? Hmm. So for the benefit of listeners who may be interested in submitting, John, you've mentioned digital tools uh, a few times there in, in your comments. Is, is this uh, a challenge looking specifically at the digital? Um, not wholly, but I think that's where we're seeing most of the conversations, and mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the network that we're activating. I mean, I think that... Um, in addition to the tools, which will largely be digital, but not exclusively, I think we're looking at approaches as well. So even if someone doesn't have a, isn't going to build together an Android app or a, uh, or a, uh, a Tumblr tool to, to help address some of these problems or opportunities, we do think that um, thinking about, even in, so outside of a digital environment, if there are ways and ideas people have for better engaging with their neighbors and with their governments that that's eligible as well. Mm. I should say that, you know, there's also the, the platform we have at newschallenge.org, which we're going to keep engaged um, through the end of the year, at least is, is enables, it's not just for people who have ideas, but there's a commenting, uh, it enables commenting in a set of conversations in such a way that you know we're hope we're seeing people who aren't even planning to enter an idea into the conversation um into the competition coming in and responding and asking questions and putting comments on the ideas they do see which which is exactly what we're we were trying to create is a is a network of of people ranging from people who will be making things to people who will be using the things engaged in conversation with one another that's great so anyone listening uh, regardless of whether or not they want to put up a submission, they can go to the uh, the platform and right. um, and and support some ideas or comment on on ideas. They can make a, a contribution. Um, okay, and just to remind listeners that we will have links to um, to the platform on gov2radio.com. However, uh, for the benefit of uh, of listeners, John, it's newschallenge.org. That's that's correct. Great. Now, there's a, a, a wide diversity in the the projects being proposed so far, and also just being discussed as as ideas. John, does this uh, also reflect a wide diversity in perspectives about what open government is? It does. I mean, one of the one of the animating experiences I had when we decided to do this contest was was spending time with a, a friend who's very civically engaged. You know, he's on the the board of a couple of NGOs. He's uh you know has a master's degree. He's a successful businessman. Um and when OpenGov came up in conversation, he looked confused and asked me, What do, what does that mean? Um and and so one of the things we're trying to do and one of the realizations we have is that there's more potential 
in the open gov field writ large, especially when it's defined broadly, than there is even in the in the the successes that have happened over the last few years. So, uh, you know, what we're hoping to do is that we're hoping to uncover as many, for instance, the, the teacher who's hoping for a better mechanism for engaging the parents of their students with um, with the the school board, for instance. Hmm. How could, how can we engage that teacher who maybe doesn't know is not heard the term open government? Maybe he's not on Twitter. You know, and maybe it's not, uh, uh, you know, uh, doesn't have Tim O'Reilly books on their shelf, but bringing, <laughs> but engaging them, their ideas, their experiences, because their real world experiences and, and problems and opportunities are very much what I think, you know, for OpenGov to become a success, for it to become integrated in, in the way we engage in our democracies writ large, mm. is it's going to require the participation of of people like that. It can't just be, you know, the same. And, and the wonderful small circle that we have, we're trying to expand that circle to 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 make it broader and to get more voices at the table. So open government obviously means different things to different people, but uh, it also, of course, means different things across different jurisdictions. Uh, thinking both state, federal. Um, you know, at a, a city administration level, and also internationally, are you getting uh, a sense that there's, uh, you know, the the kind of discussion on the platform is seeing this reflected? That you're seeing different perspectives uh, internationally, locally. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I mean, I think um, where we're seeing, at least going into this so far, I'll know. You know, as you noted. Um, the bulk of the proposals will be coming in over the next, uh, you know, during the final stage. So we still haven't seen probably 80 to 90 percent of the proposals will be coming in soon. We've got just under 200 today as we're talking. Um, going into the contest and and as we've done this road tour, I've felt we've seen lots of opportunities at the in the U.S. at the kind of the small to mid-city level. So the Lexington, Kentucky's, the Macon, Georgia's, the St. Paul, Minnesota's. Um, I think we're also, the potential is really great is in the rural areas. So outside mm-hmm. of the big cities and even the mid-city cities. I'm not sure that we're really hitting that yet in, in this contest. Um, I've seen, I've fielded lots of ideas already um, you know, just today from from Mexico and from Zimbabwe, um, for instance. So I'm, I'm expecting we'll have lots of non-U.S. ideas. And obviously, you know, there's certain regions and certain countries that are real leaders in this space who we're hoping to see see applications. Mm. Um, my sense is those tend to come from the metropoles, right? That the, the tent that those focuses mm-hmm. outside of the U.S. as in the U.S. Most of the focus tends to be at the national or federal level, um, with a little bit at the at the big city level. Um, mm. um, but we'll see if that you know if that changes a little bit in the in the next couple of weeks. John, let me jump in on that because you're talking there about the uh, that you'd welcome uh, submissions from regional areas, from rural areas. Um, now, of course, it may well be that <laughs> there are uh, there'll be people with ideas and submis- submissions they'd like to be able to make, but uh, they may not be connected with a colleague or with someone who can develop that into a digital tool. Uh, take our our listeners through how perhaps the platform may be used to find collaborators to work with others. 
Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I mean, I think you know, um, I'll I'll make two points on them. And one is last year in 2012 with the News Challenge, we funded uh, right around one percent of the entries that came in through the News Challenge. The you know for the 99 percent, I think there are two ways that to dis- divine value in addition to that, and it's something we've really tried to double down on with this contest and with the new platform we've launched with mm-hmm. OpenIDEO. Mm-hmm. Um, the one is that by, by putting a focus and valuing uh, the, the conversation and, and kind of an engagement aspect around the ideas, our hope and expectation is that, you know, were you to repl- apply, John, and, and put your idea up, even if you do, are not among the 1% of the winners, mm-hmm. even if you don't have a tech co-founder, even if you're just coming in and kind of sketching out on a, nap, cocktail, a cocktail napkin what you know a tool that you would hope to see. Um, the spotlight that that we can help put on the community um, that we've brought together around this contest, which includes eight uh, readers from the field that we've that are, are looking at these things almost full time. Mm-hmm. That that set of of eyeballs can will leave your idea better off than it was previously even if it's not funded so so the foundation will proactively help link people is that what you're saying that when we see an opportunity for that yes very much so right. we brought in eight, eight consultants on a consultation basis to sort of be those eyes and ears okay. i think you know one of the, the the other aspect we have is we have the news challenge is just one of the funding arms we have at Knight Foundation. And one of the things we do as we look through those ideas is think about the other mechanisms we have on our in, within the foundation. And when we see a match or an overlap, we make that connection and we connect colleagues around it. And so um, there are several projects that we funded last year out of the news challenge that um, we didn't fund through the news challenge. We funded through other means, but we still help stand them up. Okay. So part of the purpose of the inspiration phase was, as you have said, to identify some areas of need and to encourage proposals that solve problems. Um, Have you been seeing some of the connection that you're talking about between proposals and discussions in the inspiration phase? A little bit. We've seen it a little bit. We've seen, you know, I think a lot of people had ideas ready to go and I think they, they jumped in. You know, I'll be in, we'll, at the end of this phase. We'll go back and we'll look at um, you know the inspirations that came out and see how many of the applications we can extend into that. Um, but at this stage, it's still a little bit hard for me to know exactly um, um, how many you know how how well that really that really works. Yeah, yeah, it, it'll be an interesting uh, experiment uh, with as you've mentioned the Open IDO platform. One of the things you yourself have been advocating quite strongly is for people to uh, submit early and refine their proposals. And uh, we're a couple of days away from the closing of submissions. So while it's not too late, it might feel like it is for a lot of people. Um, Tell us uh, how onerous are the submissions? What are you looking for uh, for the uh, Monday the 18th of March deadline? What typically, if someone hears this and has an idea uh, over the weekend, over the next couple of days, what's the found? What level of uh, of application is needed at this stage? Yeah, I mean, we really try to keep the the bar low and to such an extent that you know to, that 
that people that are busy and, and have lots of ideas can hop on, register. We made the registration process easy and lightweight mm-hmm. um, and throw their idea in. Um, um, so, you know, we, we don't – it doesn't look like if someone's funded, a, you know, filled out an application for funding before uh, – I hazard to say that ours does not look like anyone that you've applied before. We keep it very <laughs> – our goal is to keep it light. You know, there there are opportunities for you to to include a link to videos and to upload PDFs and to mm-hmm. share images to yep. illustrate your your project. Um, you know, we we I, I would say that you know we do think that um, brevity is next to godliness. Um, <laughs> that the you know, the reviewers that we have on that we've brought in as consultants, the eight reviewers and our staff are going to have to read through probably at this point at least several hundred applications. Um, and one of the keys that we found in the past when during our evaluation processes is that um, being able to clearly articulate a, a problem and an opportunity and how one is going to address it is very valuable, is, is, a, key, is a key aspect. If, if after reading the first you know, few sentences, if we can't get an idea of, you know, just mm. what is the problem you're trying to address? How are you going to address it? It's all, you know, the 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 sort of shorthand is, you know, not, elevator pitch is a slight. I hate to use that, but it really yeah. is. Can you convey your idea within a couple sentences that people can understand it? Um, the also two other things that as we go deeper into the process and as we begin to winnow down uh, applications that we look for. Those of us working in fields like this and on issues like open government tend to try to to um, to do it all, and being able to clearly define a problem set and and choose and it's a tough process, but winnowing down sort of the scope of what you're trying to do to a, a real specific use case that that you want to address is really important. Um, and ultimately, when we get down to the final round and start doing due diligence and and interviews is we look at the team. We very much look at the breadth of the team, the depth of the team, the diversity of the team. What do they bring to the table? You know, if, uh, if that's the point when we really begin to look at, you know, is there a tech co-founder, for instance? If you're trying to build um, a, an iOS application and you don't have anyone on your team with a background in building iOS applications, that's the point where we'll start to ask some tough questions. Um, and then we also look for what I call coachability at a certain point, which mm-hmm. is, you know, no one comes to the table with everything solved. And if you do, then that's great. You probably aren't applying to us. Um, you're probably applying for funding. Um, but so we look for what are the gaps in an application or in a team and can we help fill those gaps? We have a pretty robust network um, of, of folks that we call on to help with, with our projects and so we look for, you know, opportunities that where we can help provide a value above and beyond the the investment that we'll be making. So, John, the submissions that you're looking to take, um, uh, tell our listeners, is this something that you're looking for? You expect to be mainly NGOs, business. Who who can apply? Um, anyone can apply. Um, you know, the range of things we we fund have ranged from. For instance, last year we helped through the News Challenge help stand up several, a couple of uh, nonprofit initiatives, a couple of for-profit initiatives, 
um, ranging all the way up to larger things like Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we funded employees from the Washington Post to the New York Times and the Chicago Tribune. So there's a range of, you know, possibilities. Basically, we can uh, we we are able to we have a, a venture fund that allows us to invest in pure startups. We're able to make what we call program related investments, which basically function as low interest loans that then can become investments if a project heads that way. And we can make grants in NGOs and we can fund individuals by using intermediary funding organizations. So we have a a range of tools. And so people shouldn't worry about structure or anything of the sort. Um, When we get to that point, we open up our toolbox and work with the applicant to find the best, the best tool. Okay, so in terms of um, the types of applications, um, you'd obviously expect, and it looks from what I've seen, that you're going to be getting lots of submissions at the civic level, that is, you might say, closest to the ground of government. Um, Are you also looking for submissions from federal, from even government uh, organisations that are international? That's right. Yes, we've... We funded, you know, we've funded, you know, things like the Open Knowledge Foundation, Ushahidi, uh, Puderopedia in the past, and so we definitely have that capability. Fantastic. So it sounds as if pretty obviously you can also take and will receive submissions from outside the U.S. That's right. Okay. Uh, are you getting any ideas that are quite unique to countries of origin at the moment? You know, um, none that come to mind offhand. Okay. I mean. One of the things we really weigh, whether it's domestic or or from outside of the U.S., is replicability is really important to us. So one uh-huh. of the reasons we it's one of the reasons we emphasize um, open source code, and not everything needs to be built in open source. But the mm-hmm. ability, you know, something that's built and can only be used in uh, Dubuque, Iowa, and it's only you know, and that's its only use case. Yeah. Uh, even if it's very well executed and um, conceived, it's not as valuable to us as if um, you know it, others can build upon it and learn from it. And so that's part of the reason we emphasize open source. It's part of the reason why we encourage the people we invest in to share their lessons. When things don't work, we encourage them to to share that. Um, when things do work, we encourage them to talk about that. So. You know the degree to which um, experiences can be applied from one place to another is is really important is an important quality we look for. Mm. John, let me pull back and ask a big picture question. The News Challenge is, of course, an initiative of the Knight Foundation, which comes from a long history in news and media. What does that history bring to the open government uh, space? To this discussion, what what yeah. is your what's your organization hoping to do that's a little different? Yeah, I mean, I, I think our background is in this space is twofold. I mean, one is we are the largest um, uh, funder in the U.S. and I think up there uh, internationally in in freedom of information and 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 protecting um, journalists and others' rights to to speak. Um, so that's that's deep in our history, you know, which goes all the way back to being founded by two brothers who are newspaper publishers across the country. Mm. Um, I think more recently, um, through efforts like the News Challenge, as we've tried to um, accelerate our engagement with, you know, digital innovators, is 
is we've seen so much energy in in the open gov space and and some of the more um robust projects and networks and conversations we've been seeing um are coming from the open gov space so we see a real opportunity to help drive that forward and you know it fits very much within i think our tradition of trying to you know define um the new sets of tools and uh, methods in which people are going to be learn about what's going on around them and in their communities okay well john uh as we wrap up now, there's just a few days left before the 18th of March deadline. Um, what happens after that deadline? If someone puts a submission in but they feel like it needs to be tweaked a little, will will there be an opportunity to uh, collaborate with others? Uh, what what are the post submission phases? Yep. So the you know we'll have the the feedback phase is what's going to start on uh, on Monday the 18th. Um, and that's when, you know, our reviewers will be diving even deeper, um, and we'll start giving feedback and hope, hope the public to engage with people's ideas. And we'll ask, you know, you know, what, we'll just try to tease out those details we want to see. Um, then we're going to settle down on a list of semifinalists, um, to whom we'll give an opportunity to really refine their proposals and, and make more clear and, and, and to build upon the comments and discussions that have happened. Um, and that'll take us to, you know, about the, the beginning of April at, um, at which point we're going to, con- we will take a set of, of, you know, a couple of dozen proposals, convene a group of outside advisors with us in our offices in Miami, um, and, and do a deep dive. Um, by the end of April, um, but it will start. We'll be mm-hmm. doing interviews and collecting due diligence from okay. a final set of proposals, and um, be presenting the winners to the world by, at the end of June at a conference at the MIT Media Lab. So submissions uh, that start to be explored a little more closely uh, by the uh, panel, by the team, will have an opportunity to work a little more closely uh, post the uh, deadline. Uh, on, right. on their submission. Uh, that, that's that, right. That's, that's great. Right. That's great. So, uh, where can people get involved, John? Well, newschallenge.org is the best place to hit up. You can, if you're on yep. Twitter, our, we use the hashtag newschallenge. We're nightfdn on Twitter, and those are the two best places to to dive in. Fantastic. And I urge anyone listening to uh, go to that site. Uh, have a think about uh, an idea you may have from your own experience or simply uh, comment uh, and contribute to what what you're seeing there. Jump in and be part of it. Uh, It's been a pleasure uh, talking with you uh, today, John. Thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having us, John. I really appreciate it. We've been talking with John Bracken from the Knight Foundation in Miami, Florida. If you'd like to follow up on today's discussion about the news challenge on open government, you'll find links and resources on gov20radio.com. Thanks for listening. I look forward to your company next time. Bye for now.